Anthony Beauvillier becomes the latest player to be placed on injured reserve as the Blackhawks drop their 12th consecutive road game. On today's episode, I'll get into the times remaining tough for the Hawks with an extensive list of players on injured reserve and also get into some updates from the World Junior Championship as four teams remain in the mix for the gold medal. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome on into another episode of Locked On Blackhawks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, thank you all for making the show your very first listen here to start off your day. And a quick reminder to please go and show some support if you haven't done so already by smashing the like button, commenting down below, go and comment your goals for the Chicago Blackhawks in 2024 and also your favorite moment from 2023. Very curious to see what all of you have to say. And last but certainly not least, make sure that you're subscribed to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. It's 100% free, won't cost you anything, and really does help me out tremendously. So please make sure to take care of that real quick. And I also got to let you know, today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks is sponsored by GameTime. Make sure to go and download the GameTime app right now. And when you do, use the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps to get $20 off to sporting events, concerts, or theater events near you. All right, good morning, good afternoon, everyone. Thank you again for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. First, got to say, Happy New Year to everyone out there. The first episode <clears throat> of Lockdown Blackhawks here in 2024, and I just got to say I'm extremely grateful to be in the position I'm in and extremely grateful for all the support, everyone who's consistently helping the show grow on a daily basis to all of the longtime listeners I've had since I've taken over this position and also to all of you new listeners and new viewers who I've picked up along the way. Uh, I really am so appreciative for everything that you guys do and all the support that you do to help me and the show out. So thank you all again from me and mine to you and yours. Happy 2024. Happy New Year. I hope 2024 is the best year by far for all of you out there. Super excited for what this new year is going to bring. And I promise I'm going to strive to make Lockdown Blackhawks the best it's ever been here in 2024. Off to a little bit of a tough start for your boy, though, as I'm sure you all can tell. My voice is a little bit raspy. I've been under the weather the last couple of days, pretty much stuck in bed all day here today, kind of with the chills, but trying to power through for all of you out there because I did not want to go the first couple of days uh, of 2024 without having an episode come out. So doing my best to be hanging in there. I'm going to be drinking some water throughout today's episode to keep my voice going. So please bear with me through all of that. But yeah, a little bit of a tough start for me here in 2024 and a little bit of a tough start for our Chicago Blackhawks as well in the new year. It wasn't as bad as they ended 2023 with just an embarrassing 8-1 to loss to the Dallas Stars on New Year's Eve. I'm going to apologize on behalf of the Chicago Blackhawks to all of the fans out there who 
uh, tuned into that one. I actually did not and was pretty happy about it. Uh, and for all of you out there, you know, I don't miss Blackhawks games very often. It only happens like three or four times a year, if that. But the reasoning was one of my uh, good longtime buddies, Mr. DJ Postilion. Quick shout out to my boy DJ. Popped the question and is getting engaged to his now fiance Taylor. So a quick congratulations to Mr. and future Mr. and Mrs. Postilion. So a pretty good reasoning that I wasn't able to tune into that one. And your boy certainly wasn't mad about it based on uh, the updates that I was getting throughout the night. And when I was checking in on the score, I believe it was five, nothing Dallas after the opening 20 minutes, uh, the Blackhawks certainly did play better uh, in their first game of 2024 than they did in their last one of 2023 but still yet another loss on the road for the Hawks as they fall three to nothing to the Nashville Predators. Not really saying all that much too, uh, considering it was a pretty low bar. Wasn't going to be hard for them to play better than they did on new year's against Dallas. Um, but what's just become so apparent Blackhawks fans over their last three games is this team just isn't capable of keeping up with other NHL clubs because the injuries have seriously just gotten out of hand. And it's almost gotten laughable at this point in time because while the Blackhawks have been dealing with injuries for basically the last month in each of their last three games, they've lost another key player of their group. Taylor Radish a couple of games ago, now on injured reserve. Tyler Johnson in their last outing, now on injured reserve. And in this one, Anthony Beauvillier, who was one of their better players in the early going against the Preds, forced to leave early, excuse me, after suffering a hit along the boards, looked like his uh, left wrist sort of got pinched in there, was not able to return to the game. He's now been placed on injured reserve, and it's just impossible. This Blackhawks team was going to struggle as it was with a healthy roster, but now with all the injuries they're facing, it's just impossible for them to go and compete on a consistent basis, and it's almost hard to be upset about their losses because when you look at the roster on paper, it's an AHL club. It, it is seriously laughable at this point in time. The Blackhawks now have seven key players on injured reserve. Here's the list of players currently on IR for the Blackhawks. Seth Jones, their number one defenseman. Taylor Hall, who was brought in this offseason to go and play on the top line with Connor Bedard and give him some real help up on the top line. Of course, we know he's out for the rest of the season. Andreas Athanasiu, <clears throat> excuse me, is creeping up on two months without uh, playing a game and doesn't look like he's anywhere close and is still dealing with that groin injury, hasn't even returned skating. Taylor Radish is dealing with a groin injury of his own. Tyler Johnson is on injured reserve, like I mentioned. Joey Anderson is the one who looks like he could be somewhat close. Uh, Anthony Beauvillier now out with a wrist injury. And then, of course, Corey Perry had his contract terminated as well. So because of this extensive list of players, it, it's impossible to be mad at the Blackhawks for losing games. How can we be mad that they just lost their 12th consecutive road game? You could probably be mad at, you know, the losses numbers one through 10 during that skid, but those games against Dallas, not only one of the best teams in the central division, but one of the best teams in the entire NHL. How can you really be mad in the first loss that they had? They showed a lot of resiliency, but it's hard for them to do that on a nightly basis with the roster they're having to ice. And it's just become so apparent that it looks like 
the Blackhawks front office just might have their hand forced because Connor Bedard needs help. It's the thumbnail of today's episode. He needs help up front. He's been playing with, you know, Nick Foligno, who, God love him, stepped up for Philip Kurashev in this one, the de facto captain for the Blackhawks. All us fans love him. He's still a fourth-line player on a good team. That's what he's been for the Boston Bruins the last couple of years. Bedard's other line mate, Philip Kurashev, while he is, you know, having a tremendous start to the season, his previous career high in points is 25. I mean, these are the guys Connor Bedard is playing with. It's going to be so, and that's what makes it even more impressive that he's doing what he is and being nearly a point per game player on this Blackhawks team. It truly is unbelievable in their leading score by a very wide margin, but he still needs more help. And it's not really like Kyle Davidson in the front office can go and get it from Rockford. They're absolutely depleted right now because of all the injuries on the NHL scene. Colton Dock is also in concussion protocol at this point in time. And even then, I don't think they want to be rushing along those players into the NHL. But now it's getting to the point where they literally don't have any other options. And as I'll talk about here in just a moment on segment two, they did go out and add another veteran defenseman off of waivers this morning. But I think they're going to have to do something similar at the forward position as well. I've seen Phil Kessel's name thrown out there a bunch as a potential free agent signing for this forward group. And while it's kind of been a joke throughout the year, or throughout the last you know four or five months, it's starting to get to the point where it actually might have to become a reality because the Blackhawks' hand is just being forced. And they might have to go out and be buyers and go and pick up another forward uh, off of another team, maybe take on a bad contract or something off of another club. They're just so limited right now because it's actually gotten laughable how they're losing players on a nightly basis. And it's just led to a lineup that's incapable of doing good work night in and night out. And it makes it really tough as a Blackhawks fan to go and watch this team because even when they are playing good hockey, they didn't play terrible against the Predators. They just couldn't do anything offensively. According to natural stat trick, the Blackhawks were credited with two high danger chances, not at five on five in all situations last night against the Nashville Predators. They had two high danger chances and I believe they had four power plays. They weren't doing anything because they just don't have the skill. And that's going up against the Nashville Predators team who's kind of middle of the pack. So it's hard to envision, you know, this Blackhawks team just getting uh, any better in the immediate future because of all of their injuries that they're facing. And then there's the trade deadline coming around. It's just making it really tough to watch this team on a nightly basis, Blackhawks fans. With this loss, their 12th in a row on the road, drops them down to 11-24-2 on the season. Quite honestly, it's a miracle that they're not in the last place. And honestly, I don't know what that says about the San Jose Sharks, that this Blackhawks team is still ahead of them in the standings. But the times remain tough for this Blackhawks team. They just cannot get healthy to save their lives. And it has become quite unfortunate but it does create a lot of opportunities for other guys in the lineup. And I'll be talking about a couple of them here in just a moment after I talk to you all about game time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event in game time. It's the fast and easy way for you to purchase your tickets to all the sports, comedy, music, and theater events near you. And I personally have used game time since uh, I was way back in high school going to watch all the old Blackhawks legends, Patty Kane, Jonathan Taves, Brent Seabrook, Duncan Keith, Corey Crawford, Marion Hosa. Ah, man, what a time that used to be. 
When I was going down to watch them play at the United Center in the heyday of the Blackhawks, I always use game time to purchase my tickets because it's both the cheapest and the fastest way for you to get all of your tickets. And I love how they send pictures from every seat in the house so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. I highly recommend you all go and download the Game Time app right now. And when you do, make sure to go and use the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps to get $20 off with your first purchase. Again, all you have to do, download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps to get $20 off to come and see Connor Bedard at the United Center this season. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed, Game Time. Segment two, there weren't very many, but there were a few positives that came from last night's 3-0 loss to the Nashville Predators out at Bridgestone Arena. None probably more notable, though, than Arvid Soderblom having one of his best starts in quite a while, honestly, probably since uh, the last time that he faced the Nashville Predators at the United Center on uh, December 5th when I was actually in attendance in the Blackhawks wound up losing that game four to three, but it had been really bumpy for Arvid Soderblom in uh, the last three to four weeks since then, regularly allowing four, five, even seven goals against. Uh, and because of that, Peter Morazic really had to be ridden by the Blackhawks. I believe he got the start in four consecutive games there. Um, but that was something that I kind of talked about on the show and envisioned happening because the struggles with Soderblom had just become so prominent. And you knew that he had to spend some more time with Blackhawks goalie coach Jimmy Wade, and they don't really have any other options to be their backup right here and right now. So that was kind of the only way that they could go with it is just kind of get Soderblom some help, and hopefully he kind of responds to that rather well. And I thought he did just that in this game last night against Nashville. He was ready to go right off the rip, and I, I will give him a little bit of a flack for that opening goal that he allowed. It wasn't uh, one where he was screened um, and it actually looked like he just kind of got fooled by the shot, expected it to go uh, blocker side. And it was one he should have stopped, but he still was pretty spectacular in that first period. He stopped 15 of the 16 shots that he faced. The Blackhawks were not ready to go uh, out of the opening faceoff. Not only did they give up 16 shots on goal in that opening period, but they also blocked 11 shots. So that kind of tells you how much puck possession the Nashville Predators had in the opening 20 minutes. But Arvid Soderblom was the one who kept it close early and kept the Blackhawks alive all throughout the course of the game and uh, really gave them an opportunity until the Preds went on to score that easy uh, five-on-three man advantage goal to uh, double their lead to two to nothing late. Basically put the dagger in the Blackhawks, but... All, all, every goal that the Predators scored last night, they had their opening one was on a five on four power play. Their second one was on a five on three power play. And then they went on to add the empty netter as well. So Soderblom, other than that opening blemish, he was spectacular all night long, stopping 33 of the 35 shots that he faced. And it was pretty unfortunate that the offense uh, wasn't able to muster up anything offensively all night long and arguably his best start of the season. It remains tough for Arvid Soderblom, too. It's not just the Chicago Blackhawks. Soderblom is still stuck on just four wins in 30 career NHL starts now. Two of his wins, his only two wins this season, have both come against the Toronto Maple Leafs, funny enough. But hopefully this will get Soderblom heading in the right direction, and it would be nice to not have to rely on Mrazek as much and at least give the Blackhawks fans and organizations some 
more confidence in Soderbloom than we've had so far this season would be really big for him if he could kind of bounce back and respond well here as we start to get close to the second half. One other positive that I thought <clears throat> out of last night's game, excuse me real quick, was that was noticeable was Lucas Reichel and Cole Gutman showing chemistry together. And one of the episodes I said uh, last week, I believe it was before the first game against the Dallas stars. I expected coach Luke Richardson to kind of uh, mash up the forward lines a little bit. And one thing I said was, I thought it would be a good idea to keep Lucas Reichel and Cole Gutman together after uh, they both played on the fourth line and showed some good, some good things together. And that's kind of what Luke Richardson has does done these last couple of games. And I've, I've thought that Lucas Reichel has, had some of his more consistent outings in terms of kind of like a two, three, four game sample size. He's been more consistent and a little bit more uh, effective and just making an impact more so in these last couple of games since being with Gutman. Reichel finished with uh, two shots on goal in 13 minutes and 22 seconds of time on ice. But more so than that, I think the thing that stood out to me the most was how much he was uh, hounding puck carriers. He had one real good sequence in the neutral zone where he was hounding a puck carrier, forced a turnover, and made a really nice feed uh, to spring Cole Gutman going back the other direction with some speed. He almost got a little bit of a breakaway opportunity there. But those two, I just thought, have shown some good chemistry, some good dynamic things with each of their skill sets. Uh, Gutman finished the night with uh, three shots on goal, second most on the Blackhawks behind only Colin Blackwell and had 15 minutes and 40 seconds of time on ice. And I mentioned at the end of segment one, the only bright spot with all of these uh, players placed on injured reserve right now for the Blackhawks is some of these guys are getting a really good opportunity. And one of them is Cole Gutman, who, you know, has kind of been up and down, back and forth, not consistently in the lineup. The last couple of games, even though the final result hasn't gone the Blackhawks way, I've thought Cole Gutman has looked pretty good and has been one of those uh, bright spots. So hopefully he'll be able to keep that up as well. And then one of my other bright spots, one of the biggest bright spots from the Blackhawks this year, just Alex Vlasic, man. This kid is an absolute stud and it just, it, it looks like he's getting better, more confident, more comfortable on a nightly basis. And it's, it's, not the areas where we knew he was going to do well. And we knew with that long reach of his six foot six, six foot seven, he's able to break up a lot of plays and he's always constantly in the right spots. Those were the things we probably had a feeling he was going to be good at, but the confidence that he has with the puck on his stick, the puck moving abilities, helping out offensively. I, I think he's definitely been better in the offensive zone than I envisioned in his first full NHL campaign. He has five points in his last 10 games. And it feels like whenever the Blackhawks are giving up goals against Alex Vlasic really isn't on the ice for them. Like he has turned into their true number one defenseman. And in these last few games, I know Seth Jones is still out of the lineup, but Connor Murphy, he's the veteran leader there. You would kind of figure he would be the one to lead the Blackhawks in ice time on the back end. No, it's been Alex Vlasic. And that's been for good reason. He has earned that opportunity. Team high, 23 minutes and two seconds of time on ice in this game against Nashville. Three block shots, wasn't on the ice for any of the three goals against. 
Um, there's been a lot wrong with the Blackhawks defense this year, but Alex Vlasic has not been part of that. He is looking like he could be a true top pairing shutdown defenseman of the future for the Blackhawks. In a year where there's been a lot of downside, he certainly has been very fun to watch develop. He's turned himself into a heck of a player, not only in the defensive zone, but he's still growing and showing positive signs of his offensive game growing in those areas as well. And then help is coming on the way a little bit defensively, Blackhawks fans. I say that uh, jokingly a little bit as the Blackhawks claimed 31-year-old left-handed defenseman Jacob Megna off of waivers from the Seattle Kraken earlier today. The six foot six former seventh-round pick of the Anaheim Ducks way back in 2012 has played in 141 career NHL games for the Ducks, the Sharks, and the Seattle Kraken. Uh, most recently, only played in, uh, hasn't played in an NHL game for Seattle this year, just hasn't really been able to cement his spot uh, and actually only played in two games with the Coachella Valley Firebirds. I think they are their minor league affiliates. So not a whole lot of action for Magna this year, but one thing I did see, I actually had this pulled up on my phone to double check. Um, was Jay Fresh Hockey someone I always recommend? Go and follow Jay Fresh on X. Go and get his player cards. I think it gives you more insight on all of these players, and particularly defensemen. But Jacob Megna actually put up really solid analytical numbers as a second-pairing defenseman for the San Jose Sharks last year. Ranked in the 90th percentile in uh, EV defense. Was also fifty in the 53rd percentile in EV offense. 56 on the penalty kill. Some pretty good numbers there, albeit a small sample size. But like I said, just couldn't really find a spot with the Seattle Kraken. But I do think it's worth a shot for the Chicago Blackhawks. Obviously, keeping the puck out of their own cage has been a problem and probably doesn't hurt give them a little bit uh doesn't hurt to give them a little bit more depth there so they can continue to have players like Wyatt Kaiser or Maybe even it looks like a result of this move, maybe, uh, or I actually expect Louis Crevier to go down before Alex Vlasic, excuse me, could allow Louis Crevier to go back to the Rockford Icehogs as well and continue developing there. So I think it's a good why not move for the Blackhawks, but I do also believe they need to make moves similar to that to help this forward group too. But with the addition of Megna, this defensive core is absolutely massive for the Chicago Blackhawks. Now, it's pretty clear this is the way that they're trying to trend based on their draft picks these last couple of years, based on the prospects they have on their blue line, right? Like we know Alex Vlasic is six foot six. Louis Crevier is six, eight. Nolan Allen is six, four. Uh, Ethan Del Mastro is six, four, both those guys down in Rockford that gets added to Megna being six foot six. Crevier is six, eight. Jared Tenorti is six, six. Seth Jones, even though he's out of the lineup, he's six, four. Connor Murphy's six, four. Uh, Isaac Phillips is 6'3". The shortest defenseman the Blackhawks really have on their NHL roster is Nikita Zaitsev at 6'2". So it's pretty clear that they've been trying to get bigger defensemen in the organization for the last couple of years. A little bit of an intriguing ad here in Jacob Magno. We'll see if he uh, winds up cracking the lineup in either of these games for the Blackhawks out on the East Coast as they take on the New York Rangers tomorrow night before having a back-to-back the following evening against the New Jersey Devils. We'll see if uh, Jacob Magna makes his Hawks debut in either of those two East Coast contests. All right, coming up in just a moment here, Blackhawks fans, before I wrap things up, I still have to get into some updates from the 2024 World Junior Championship as we're down to four teams left in the tournament. But first, I got to talk to you all, excuse me, about FanDuel. 
Quick drink of water. Apologies, FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, though, the NFL offers stay hot with FanDuel because right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Yes, you heard me right. That's $150 if your team wins with a $5 outright bet. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now because football season is down to its final week. We're one week away from the start of the playoffs and FanDuel is giving you a chance to win all these bonus bets in the final week of the regular season. Again, just as a reminder, all you have to do is place a $5 bet on any team such as the Bears over the Packers or maybe bet on the Steelers or the Browns whoever you want it to be, if they go and pull off the victory, you'll get $150 of bonus bets put into your account. And you can use these bonus bets to bet on anything from the money line to the point spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, FanDuel pays you out instantly. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official betting partner of the National Football League. Back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Again, Happy New Year to everyone out there. Please make sure to smash the like button, comment down below, and subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. And also, make sure to go and check out the new Lockdown Sports today because Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. And Lockdown Sports is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every single league. So go to Lockdown Sports today on YouTube and make sure to subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Segment three, before I let you all go and enjoy the rest of your days, I do want to talk here for a brief moment about the 2024 World Junior Championship officially reaching the semifinals. Only four teams left fighting for the gold medal out in Gothenburg, Sweden. Those four teams are the United States of America, Finland, Czechia, and Sweden. The United States, baby, still undefeated here in the tournament. Frank Nazar, Gavin Hayes, Sam Renzel, Oliver Moore, all going to the semifinals. The United States earned the top overall seed heading into the elimination round. That earned them a matchup with Latvia in the quarterfinals. They pretty much cruised to a nice 7-2 victory. Some key takeaways that I do want to let you all know from that game. First, Oliver Moore had a very standout performance once again on the top line for the red, white, and blue. And he made the most of that opportunity, netting his first goal of the tournament and also adding uh, a secondary assist as well. Frank Nazar remained centering the second line, but I believe it was his first game of the tournament without recording a point, but he was still in the same spot. Sam Renzel, he didn't record a point either, but was still on the third pairing with Zeev Bleem, who looks like a very intriguing prospect for the 2024 NHL draft. Only change was Gavin Hayes was actually the 13th forward for the United States in this one. And kind of uh, based on Oliver Moore's performance. And honestly, it's going to be interesting to see what the United States does because Jimmy Snuggerud did return to the lineup for this game against Latvia, but they kept Oliver Moore on the top line and put Jimmy Snuggerud down on the fourth line. Will, uh, David Carl go with that same decision in their semifinal matchup against Finland. It's going to be very interesting to see. I would 
probably guess so, or I at least think if Oliver Moore gets bumped down in the lineup, he's not going to be the 13th forward. I think that's going to be Gavin Hayes for the second consecutive game because while Hayes does provide a little bit of a different style and the United States in their forward group already has a ton of skill, I do think Gavin Hayes's uh, physicality and size is a reason why they've had him on the fourth line and he's been used as a penalty killer as well. But I still do think Oliver Moore has just been too much of an impact player because of his speed and his offensive abilities. So either way, I think Moore is going to be getting regular ice time in this semifinal matchup against Finland. Going to be interesting to see exactly what line he is going to be placed on, though. Perhaps the most shocking result, though, from the quarterfinals has to be Canada not being able to reach the final fours. They were absolutely shocked by Czechia in the final minute to lose that game three to two. The back-to-back gold medalists don't even make it to the medal round, which is pretty crazy. Although on paper, this was certainly uh, the Canadian roster from the last three years that was the most underwhelming. They really didn't have that star power. It was kind of Macklin Celebrini who... I think personally, even though we had a quiet um, last couple of games, quieter last couple of games, I still think he really cemented himself as the top overall pick in the 2024 NHL draft. Wasn't really much of a conversation based on what he's done with uh, Boston University as a freshman, but he was the top player for Canada in this tournament. Uh, One of the best players in the tournament as well. So I think he did his job, but ultimately wasn't enough to get Canada punched Chechia. They will be facing Sweden in the semifinal as they uh, escaped a narrow, narrow victory, escaped with a narrow victory in their quarterfinal matchup with Switzerland. They ended up winning that one uh, three to two in overtime as Red Wings first round pick from last year. Defenseman Axel Sandin Palika came through with the game-winning goal, but that has us down to only four teams left at the World Juniors. Like I already mentioned, United States is going to be facing off with Finland tomorrow morning, tomorrow afternoon, actually. The game is going to be starting at 12.30 p.m. Central Time, while uh, Sweden and uh, Czechia are going to be facing off at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. So two very big games starting tomorrow and a very intriguing matchup as well for us Blackhawks fans. The United States, obviously, we know they have four Hawks prospects on their team. Unfortunate that Slovakia with Martin Misiak and Adam Guyan were not able to get past Finland, but at the same point in time, Finland has a couple of players who currently project to be top selections or at least first-round picks in the 2024 NHL draft. So it's going to be a very intriguing matchup. I highly recommend you all go and tune into that tomorrow. Again, 12.30 p.m. Central Time puck drop. Will be fun to see if the United States can punch their ticket into the gold medal game. And will also be fun to see who they could possibly be versing. Will it be Czechia or will it be Sweden? All right, that is going to wrap up today's episode of Locked On Blackhawks. As always, thank you all again for tuning into the show and be sure to go and follow Locked On Blackhawks for free right now, wherever you may be listening to your podcast and to go and subscribe to Locked On Blackhawks on YouTube. And that way you can get the latest episode as soon as it becomes available each and every day. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Do me a favor, go and follow at Jack Bushman too on Twitter and also go and follow my strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, everyone have a great rest of your day. That's going to do it here for the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team 
every day 